BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Trent Venegas here with a quick warning for today's episode. This episode discusses divisive language connected to our racial history and a racial slur is used. So listener discretion is advised. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast. August 19th. One of Star Trek's biggest icons. Or celebrity fans. Or both. We'll be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by author, historian, and activist Blair Imani. We are going to be capable of flooding this planet with a tidal wave of knowledge that even the most oppressive governments are not able to stop. Welcome back to another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry, and it is my pleasure to welcome back my favorite Burbank City Council member, Constantine Anthony. Welcome back. Thank you, Trent, and hello, Rachel. Hi, welcome back. So let's throw this quote to you. Uh, the, Blair read it so beautifully. What, what resonates with you when you hear this quote? Um, well, if, you, if you're just reading it and you didn't see her, uh, it was very interesting to me that she was wearing a full Star Trek uniform mm-hmm. with a hijab. Mm-hmm. And it is so spectacular to visually see that quote coming from a Muslim woman who mm-hmm. is a huge Star Trek fan. She's LGBTQ, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing that this is her uh, passion, that Star Trek is part of her, you know, f- fandom, that, that, that that's something she believes in. It harkens back to this quote about that knowledge, this flood of things that humanity knows that we believe in, um, science, literature, art, religion. You know, we today you know, have a compendium of human knowledge at the tips of our fingers on our cell phones. Yeah. It it was such a science fiction idea back when the first Star Trek aired to have, you know, what is the computer (laughs) on that show. Mm -hmm. And the fact that every ship in the fleet had all of this knowledge and that you could travel to a distant galaxy and share that information with another species entirely. Mm-hmm. The way Gene talks about knowledge, you know, it's not just information. That, that, that's the key word here. He says knowledge. You can transfer data. You can send statistics and, and math and science. But to share this knowledge, this tidal wave of knowledge, that includes our experiences, our understandings, the social movements of our era and our time. Yep. And the past generational experiences of our parents and grandparents and ancestors, all of that is is at our fingertips. And I can go back and learn about 
What happened in World War II? What happened in the Civil War? What happened at the birth of this democracy and the problems that they faced and the atrocities that people lived through and how we came away from it? To the point now where, you know, we still see it today. There are governments around the world, including our own, Mm-hmm. that want to lock away knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in previous episodes this week, we've talked about critical race theory. We've talked about, you know, uh, uh, changing the narrative of what the Ku Klux Klan was. Mm-hmm. People talk about how, well, no, the South was about states' rights. I'm like, oh, yeah, states' rights to do what? Mm-hmm. Right. That, that knowledge mm-hmm. is what we've passed on. And, and it's true. You know, he... He says we are going to be capable of. We are now. It's capable now. Yeah. Today is what well, he's talking you, about. When you think about it, the internet really is our own library of Alexandra. Yeah. You know, and that's what they had back then. And before that, the bourgeois, at least, were able to afford encyclopedias. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, of us middle class and up had a set of encyclopedias. This is free Internet. There were books that you had to actually read, but it had information and bits, all the stuff you'd find on the Internet crammed into like a 28 volume thing that took up a whole wall. So the Internet has replaced that, which is great and as you said on star trek it's amazing because they can share that knowledge with everyone and they can translate it immediately but i want to tie this in with what's happening in the world right now i mean when you think about it people are revolting right now you know they're revolting against the minimum wage Mm -hmm. which hasn't been changed in six million years Mm -hmm. and even if they doubled the minimum wage it still would be barely above poverty level right Mm -hmm. so people are now saying like per this quote it's just time and they're saying no we're not going back we're not doing this we are in the wild wild west if you ask me and a bit of a revolution is happening right now I'm a huge fan of Twitter uh, on uh, the Twitter feed of Dan Price he's the CEO of company and and he's, you know who I'm talking about, Constantine. Oh, yeah. He's constantly pointing out, as a business owner, he gave up his huge millions, millions salary, split it up between his employees, took a regular salary, mm. and wow. is always talking about the rights of the workers and people yeah. and ownership of things or pointing out, as we've all said, nobody's knocking this week, uh, the week we're recording this, nobody's knocking a billionaire's going into space, right? We we know that's the beginning of the future. And yet, to spend billions, tax-free dollars, mm-hmm. and then have the hubris to get off a spaceship, and I buy shit from Amazon, but to get off a ship and say, it's you guys who paid for made this happen. We know. They know because they didn't get a raise, sir. They're well aware <laughs> yeah. they paid yeah. for your penis rocket ship. <laughs> And again, it is the beginning. But the difference is we went we went to the moon in 1969 with NASA having funds from a government that taxed the highest marginal tax rate on corporations and the wealthy. Today, a billionaire gets to space by taking all the money away from his yeah. workers. And mm-hmm. back to what I was saying about the encyclopedia, by the way, th- the problem with that is... It was written by one person or a bunch of people, but it was one ideology. So now on the internet, to bring it back to the great equalizer, the great communicator, you can at least keep scrolling because you do know the first few things you hit are people who are really good at SEO and know how to get their, uh, Mm -hmm. their site in the first page. So sometimes people, you gotta dig beyond the first page to actually get to the information 
that you need. But the best thing I say is read lots of different schools of yes, thought, right? Yes, like yeah. be divergent and diverse in your in in your learning and your knowledge as well. As a democratic socialist, I believe that money as well as knowledge needs to flow to the masses. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody yeah. needs to understand what's happening around them. This kind of knowledge that we have at our fingertips needs to be spread. We have to stop clamping down on whistleblowers and, and people who are speaking out against the the, the problems in, in our society. And, mm-hmm. and we punish them uh, to this day. I mean, there's laws in states that are being passed now that say you can run over protesters. It's like, why would Listen, you- I, w- I watched a thing yesterday that someone in some backwater, back-ass state literally said, and I'm going to say this word, but literally said in the meeting, it was a white guy, couple other people, mm-hmm. diverse crowd, but mostly white. And the man literally said, is there a house nigger in here? Wow. So what we need to do, that's an old term, by the yeah. way, from slavery. That would be the slave who was in the house, yep. who we liked enough and was light-skinned enough yeah. that we let them in the house to take care of us. So what I know is in the 90s, all the racists and skinheads and horrible people said, we're not going to wear the uniform of so that you can tell we're horrible people anymore. We're no longer going to dress like skinheads because that's what they did in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. They co-opted mm-hmm. that from the English, mm-hmm. uh, their movement. But they said, we're going to go into politics. So what I suggest people do is, I'm not interested in politics, but you, Constantine, mm-hmm. are. You ran for city council member, and that's making the change because we need to think the same way that they do. We need to start putting more forward thinkers into positions of power and into government to circumvent people. Because if I was in a room where somebody called me a house and I wouldn't have been sitting down afterwards and then I'd be in jail for assaulting a white guy. And no jury would convict you. Every jury would convict me. (laughs) But I mean, it's all part of it. So Trent, what are your thoughts? Because it's not easy. We can talk in lofty terms on a podcast about what we think would be a better world. But then I turn off, then I would finish with the podcast and I got to look at Marjorie Yappy face. (laughs) What do we do? Because I know in the 80s when I was at uh, NYU, at least four different middle Americans said to me, but Jews have horns and tails. Not lying. That's an old stereotype, by the way. But that's what they we said gotta to get me. Loud, we get loud, Rachel. We get loud. Yeah. You yeah. think I don't think the world could take me louder than this. <laughs> the world can take it and, and needs to hear it. When I look at this quote, uh, a tidal wave of knowledge that even the most oppressive governments are not capable to stop. You could also take out the word governments and the mo- and, and, and swap it in for the most oppressive thought processes. And if you think about like the way that Black Lives Matter started and Stop Asian Hate and It Gets Better, like me taking the optimistic side, uh, like the internet has opened up those modes of of discussion and those campaigns have actually affected change. As a gay person, I do think that sometimes people think that it's kind of tried to be like, oh, does it really get, does it really get better? But I, I personally have seen that it does get better. When I see how the culture was when I was a teen in the 90s, when the the gay character on Merrill's Place couldn't even hold his boyfriend's hand. Like, he was gay in name only. Like, he never was able to, um, like, show his affection for any relationship that he had, and he never had relationships, and it was just 
Like that was a mess, right? But for well, me, I was just like, people don't don't have any emotions, right? So for me, that was like, okay, well, there's at least a gay character, and I like that character because you know, like he can live there with all these other characters. Now, when I see any number of young adult series on Netflix, on uh, Paramount Plus, on on HBO Max, where the the protagonists are young gay characters, lesbian, transgender, like that's something I never imagined. Was, could be possible. I do think local elections, by the way, just to jump back to that, are such a big way to exact change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. When when we think the presidency, my vote, it counts for the state. It's I don't my vote. All that Michigan aside, mm-hmm. where it really counts, because this is where Marjorie Taylor Stupid becomes popular mm-hmm. is on the local level. Yep. So yep. I've, I've mentioned my friend Bill Prady before. He's a big producer in town and he underwrites candidates mm-hmm. around the country. Well, when I say and, get loud... You know, we I'm not just talking about social media because we have to understand the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams of the world, the TikToks. They're controlled by something even worse than an oppressive government. And that is a money grubbing corporation. Mm -hmm. So they're going to keep things oppressed even more so than our freedom of speech here in this country. So things like media, things like, you know, shows and art and literature, that kind of culture is big, but also just the simplest political moves of knocking on doors and spreading leaflets and going mm-hmm. around town. Like yeah. the the basic work that the Black Panther Party did in this country yeah. is the basis for all grassroots organizations today. Well, well, also the pe- people may not know this. Some people may that the Black Panthers are the ones who instituted like free school lunch, free food, mm-hmm. free food mm-hmm. and breakfasts yeah. for kids. They were revolutionary things- in ways people don't even understand. And they were villainized as being a hate group, much in the same way Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. is being called a hate group. Because I I clock my upstate New York white friends and they're all convinced it's a pack of ends coming to kill them. Well, because that's because they're doing exactly what Gene Roddenberry's talking about, spreading that knowledge. Yes. And the oppressive governments don't want them to. I would love to throw in, just as a sidebar, when I was a kid, I remember them, uh, you know, we I went to a New York City public school. We had so much arts. I had lessons in every instrument you could imagine. We were taken to operas, da-da-da-da. And then in the 80s, they got uh, rid of the uh, NEA, right? So think about that, an actor, Ronald Reagan, <laughs> an artist in name, was part of that. Yeah. If you are... Uh, you know, an artist out there, you, there's no funds now to make your art. Uh, and, and all of those things are important. And I bring this up to say shows like Star Trek and artists, whether it is a painter or a this or a that, they're making social statements. And some of those things are how people change their mind, because most people aren't going to watch a local board election on their local uh, access TV right, channel. Right. But they are going to watch an episode of Star Trek yeah. where somebody points out how you're stupid to be racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's important to also point out that uh, Blair Romani, who read our quote today, she's one of the young people on the forefront of, you know, Black Lives Matter online. Like she's one of those online voices who's using her clout and her influence to educate and to spread this tidal wave of knowledge when, you know, other other influencers like fine if you want to be spending your time doing dances and all of that that's fun and that's great and everyone should have fun and i'm not 
saying that they shouldn't. Absolutely. But for someone why do you using hate her voice, Trent, why do you I hate love TikTokers? Yeah, why do you hate dancing? I love dancing. Are you, I love do you TikTokers. come from the town Footloose? <laughs> I I love all that stuff on TikTok. I am. I, I'm not even going to get into Trent, all the things that no I love Trent, watching Trent, on TikTok. But Trent's no, Trent. <laughs> no, Trent, I know exactly what you were, you're saying, uh, because I did think like when, you know, the makeup girls on YouTube, yeah. like I love yeah. makeup and all that. Right. That's but great. There's a place did, for all of that. Yeah. But there's right. also a place the for the day after the riots. I don't give a shit about that lip gloss, honey. Right. right. And that's where our activists like Blair will step to the forefront and use her platform to spread the message, to to spread this knowledge where other people either won't or can't or feel that they don't feel empowered to. And maybe seeing her and other activists like her will feel empowered to use their yes. voices and be loud, and like per, you say, Constantine. And per this quote, everybody, everybody be loud about all these things because it's not just if I'm yapping on, they're like, oh, the black chick is yapping on again. <laughs> That's the truth. But if it's coming out of... A, diversity of mouths of people who look like them or you there's a bigger chance of it reaching and also now i'm a grown-up and old and they don't give a shit so they just want a young person to tell them hip stuff so eh, there's room for all of this and then, like you said trent there's a room for the the dances mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with mm -hmm. that too yeah so I think this is a good place to wrap up an amazing week of conversations that we've had with you, Constantine. Thank you so much for spending your time with us and for all of these amazing conversations we've had. Uh, let's let's let you have the final word. How, how, can you wrap up today and this week? What has it meant for you? Well, uh, thank you, Trent, and, and thank you, Rachel, and thank you to all the producers that helped put this together. I mean, this has been uh, an amazing uh, series of conversations. And, you know... Gene Roddenberry was such a, a, a visionary and, and, and a futurist who, you know, put together so many great ideas that I was raised on. I mean, I've seen every iteration of Star Trek there is. I'm a, I'm a huge Trekkie. And, and for me, knowing that it wasn't just a piece of art he was putting together. Mm -hmm. It was a philosophy. Mm -hmm. It was a way of mm -hmm. life. It's so uh, heartwarming to me to know that that's what helped shape a lot of my ideas and philosophies and visions of um, not just politics, but society in general. And having this conversation with the two of you has been just really fantastic. Oh, I love to hear it. Yeah, it's been I, my pleasure. I really enjoy these conversations as well. All right, Trent, tell the people where they can go to see the video. Yeah, if you want to watch Blair reading today's quote, you can check it out on our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we would love to thank Constantine once more for being our guest this week on Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 